Leadershipology, the study of leadership. Do you know what that is? Do we truly know what leadership is? Our guest today, Mr. Velton Shaul, who has coined the term leadershipology, will let us know what is truly the study of leadership and how we can study that leadership and how to apply what we have studied. Let's talk about it. People are not interested in what you have to share until they understand how much you care. Mm -hmm. And if they understand that you care about what's important to them, then they will start to wonder how they can accommodate what's important to you. Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development. This is season two, episode 14, with my special guest, Velton Shaul III. Velton uh, is the founder of, and chief strategist of Leadership Dynamics International, LLC, the parent company of the Leadership Dynamics Academy. Affectionately known as the Leadershipologist, the author of his latest book, Leadership Dynamics, The Principles of Leadership, Velton has studied what he calls leadershipology or the study of leadership. He studied leadership skills and principles over the last 30 years. He has studied and continues to study numerous individuals in leadership positions. He studies and works with individuals seeking the responsibility and recognition of being placed in leadership roles from the supervisory positions all the way to the C-suite. He works with organizations and individuals to improve performance, increase revenue, effectiveness, and to improve the organization's competitive position from the inside out by creating an environment where we is more than the focus than me. Greetings, Mr. Shaw. How are you, sir? Not as good as you, and I'm fantastic, Jason. <laughs> so besides what I stated about you there, you know, who are you and, and what do you do? Well, as you stated, I'm a leadershipologist and I call myself a leadershipologist because I'm a student and I'm a student of people and I'm a servant to helping people get better, improve their performance, increase their marketability and become more recognized for their skill set as it relates to elevation in any organization. You know, a lot of times, one of the things that I had learned over the years of being in corporate America is people were promoted based on their technical skills, their fiduciary uh, ability, and their strategic thought process. But mm. many of them lacked the people skills necessary to create an environment of excellence and success. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Well said. So um, as we're talking, having this discussion, you know, let's go deeper into it. What is leadershipology and your definition of leadership? Well, you know, it's it's pretty easy to from a, on a surface standpoint, understand leadershipology. If you look at the fact that biology is the study of the human body. 
Sociology is the study of how society interacts together. Psychology is the study of the mind. Leadershipology is the study of the principles and skills that leaders need to possess to create an environment. You'll hear me talk about the fact that leaders are environmentalists. Mm. Challenged with creating an environment that replaces me with we. Mm. Now, Phil Jackson was one of my favorite basketball coaches, and he said that good teams become great when the players learn to trust each other enough to replace me with we. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. And team dynamics, wow, man, that plays such a huge part uh, into an organization's success. You know, and, and so what has been, you know, again, uh, there are times that I do go off script, you know, with questioning and mm -hmm. what have you, no especially when uh, our guest gives such, uh, um, you know, dynamic answers. And so uh, what, you know, what has been your experience with uh, team dynamics and, uh, you know, how teams function or better yet, how teams don't function well together? What, what has been your experience with helping teams to get better at functioning well together? Well, I think that that initial concept, and here, here's the thing, we talk about servant leadership and leaders being servants. The real issue in any organization that everybody within that group is a leader in some way, shape, form, or fashion, even if the only person they're leading is themselves. Facts. They are leading themselves through a life that they have outlined that they want to pursue. They are leading themselves through a career path that they feel as though is going to elevate them to the next level or take care of the basic needs and have needs that every individual has because there's seven basic needs that every individual has. Here's where the issue becomes more of a, an area of opportunity as it relates to leadership. Many times I'll go into an organization and I'll talk to uh, the CEO or I'll talk to someone at a higher level and they'll tell me things like they just had a Myers-Briggs survey and they have the leadership style outlined of every individual in the organization. And they'll ask me if I'm interested in reviewing it, which I do say, yes, I'd like to review it. I said, but more importantly, what I'd really like to understand is the learning style of the individuals that they have been designated to lead or the learning style of the people on their team. Because you can have a leadership style, but is it, if it's in direct conflict, with the majority of the people under your leadership, it doesn't matter mm. because you're not leading. They're not getting it. They're not processing the information the way you're putting it out there. So there's always going to be a disconnect. I believe that leaders have to be like chameleons. You have to adjust and adapt your presentation based on the learning styles of the people inside of your organization. If you have 
kinesthetic people who learn from a kinesthetic style mm -hmm. you can work with them in a visual capacity or a verbal capacity they have to touch and feel if it's somebody who's visual and you're verbalizing your directions or verbalizing your wishes to them you're like charlie brown's teacher they're just wah 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 they're not <laughs> <laughs> right. to visualize what it is you're trying to relay to them. There are over seven different learning styles out there. And as a leader, you don't have to be an expert, but you have to be cognizant of how people are structured and put together. Because there's one of my favorite quotes that, said, that says, people are not interested in what you have to share until they understand how much you care. Mm -hmm. And if they understand that you care about what's important to them, then they will start to wonder how they can accommodate what's important to you. Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Thank you. And, and so it, it reminds me of what I've heard um, from others as it relates to, you know, speaking in a way that, you know, people listen, not just how you want to be heard, mm. you know, kind of deal. Yeah. So that's excellent. Thank you very much, Felton. So how, when, and why should leadership develop next generation leaders? If that question makes any sense. <laughs> well, but basically it, it's, it's a given fact that we're all here just for a, a specified period of time. Nobody's going to live forever. Nobody's going to um, lead an organization forever. If you are truly looking to be a, a stellar or a, uh, the person who exudes the type of leadership that everybody, you're always looking for something to replace you, someone to be able to take the organization from where you've been able to take it to the next level. And many times that's people in the next generation. One of my areas that I'm really focused on with, lead, with business leaders of tomorrow, or the future leaders, is their communication skills. That's an area of concern as I look at the leadership prowess of tomorrow. Yeah. Some examples. They are raised, they were raised pretty much in technology, techno through technology. Mm. So I'll give you, for instance, my kids who are both grown now and have their own careers, but when they were younger, if I called my son on a cell phone, he may not answer. But if I send him a text, I get a response in 30 seconds or less. Yeah. So they're not really communicating verbally to each other and having conversations or they're not as comfortable having conversations as they are in sending a text, sending an email. So when you bring them into an environment where they're in a leadership role and especially in this new normal, because post-COVID-19, the world has changed and evolved again. I mean, the, the markets and worlds are cyclical, but 
we're in a situation where more people are working from home or satellite. There are more people that are globally positioned outside of your community, your city, your, your state, even your country. Yeah. So you're leading people that are diverse in their understanding and upbringing, but they're also separated from everybody in on the team in a lot of respects. They're not able to get together around the coffee uh, machine in the morning. They're not able to go to lunch together because somebody's in the UK and there's somebody in New York or California or something of that nature. So as a leader, how do we bring them together as a team, a unit, and tie them together? Yeah. That's the challenge or one of the areas of opportunity futuristically for the leaders of tomorrow. So those two issues are very, very important as we structure what we do, what we think, and what we say moving forward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So as a business um, owner, operator, uh, such as yourself, you know, how has uh, this COVID-19 um, affected your business and, uh, you, you know, your leadership, leadershipology practice? Well, actually, it's 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 actually been. I can't say a. How, how can I put this? It's actually made me think outside of the norm. I don't believe in them thinking outside the box. There is no box unless you create a box. Mm. But it's made me change the way I look at things globally uh, from a global perspective. I became an international speaker because of COVID-19 without actually leaving my office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just finished a new book called Leadership Dynamics, The Principles of Leadership. And I was speaking similar to this podcast on another program and someone from Liberia overheard the conversation. Hmm. They have a school in Liberia. They asked me to conduct a five-week course. Wow. Digitally over the internet to their students in Liberia. Yeah. So yeah. I did a five-week course via Zoom from my book. And subsequently, two additional individuals who had other schools heard about it, found out about it, and asked me to do commencements at two other institutes in Liberia. So I've spoken to almost 1,500 students in Liberia without actually getting on a plane and going to Liberia itself. Yeah. So that's part of where we're headed because our business as speakers, trainers, coaches, whatever, is going to evolve and change based on that that new normal. Yeah, absolutely. We're not going to be paid to jump on a plane and fly here, hither and there all the time. Now, that's not to say that that still won't happen, but it also affords us the opportunity to do more. Yeah. Less. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, that's one of the things that I uh, teach within my own practice 
uh, is the, the three mindsets of next generation leaders, which is to adapt, innovate and connect. And we're seeing that any company that through this whole COVID-19 situation, um, you know, both, you know, uh, post or pre or current, however you want to look at it, uh, if they did not, you know, adapt and innovate and connect uh, to, you know, to the people and shareholders, employees or whatnot, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of them have actually gone out of existence, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, from that. So, um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, what is the impact of bad leadership on employee or on employee performance? Well, it's been said many times that people don't leave bad jobs. They leave bad leaders. Mm. Mm. As I, I stated earlier, leaders are environmentalists and it's your responsibility to create an environment for success. Bad leadership really takes the focus off of what's important and places the focus on what's what to be afraid of or to stay away from. And I'll give you, for, for instance, one of my favorite books from back in the 90s, well, two of my favorite books, were bit, written by a gentleman named Tom Peters. Mm-hmm. And the first book he wrote was called In Search of Excellence. Yeah. The second book he wrote was called A Passion for Excellence. And one of the philosophies that I talk about in my recent book is called Management by Walking Around. Now, we just talked about the new normal. It's not always that you're going to be walking around, but management by looking for people doing extraordinary things and making a big issue of it so that everybody in the organization sees and hears them getting accolades for going over and above. They are being recognized for doing exemplary work. They are being uh, placed up for everybody to see because they are being rewarded for their diligence and their, their willingness to go above and beyond. And as a leader, every time you see that, every time you feel that, you should make a big issue of it. Conversely, if there are people who are not performing at the level that you would that you expect, there are people who are doing things that are less than acceptable within the organization, you never make a public issue of it. It's yeah. always a private conversation. People are counseled in private and exalted in public. When you do that, you create an environment because nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to do a bad job. Nobody wakes up in the morning wanting to have a bad day. It's the environment of the influences around them that cause that to go one way or the other. Wow. You can create an environment that people are celebrated, not tolerated. People get excited about coming to that place, that environment, that place where they are celebrated when they do the things that they're being paid to do. Yeah. Things over and above what they're being paid to do. You know, if you do more than you're paid for, you'll get more than you, you ever could imagine. And as leaders, when we create that environment for people, and people get excited 
they get excited about themselves. They get excited about their work because it's not, not, no longer looked at as work. But they also get excited about you because they know that you care and they begin to care about you. Mm. They know that you are serving them, so they begin to serve you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's good, man. Because, look, <laughs> that, that, that's very inspirational um, because I'm quite sure we all have, you know, in my audience, uh, you, myself, uh, have had that experience of a bad leader that was, you know, titled a boss uh, on a job that just was not uh, inspirational or motivational at all that would produce, you know, happy engagement or full engagement uh, from from the employment or from the employee body. So, yeah, thank you for showing us what what it what it should look like versus, you know, what what it doesn't, you know, look like. So thank you. Thank you for that. Well, you know, there's a big difference between a boss and a leader. Yes. Sir. And a title does not make you a leader. A title yes, may make you the boss, but it surely doesn't make you a leader. That's right. The people around you or the people you've been entrusted to lead are the people who designate whether or not you're a leader. And I'm going to tie it up real quickly with this. If you are designated as the leader of the organization, I would challenge you to go into the different smaller units and smaller groups within the organization and find the unofficial leaders. Mm. those little clusters because they're there. They don't have the title, but they have the respect of the people around them. And if you can endear them to you, watch the magic. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for that. So if you can give our audience uh, three leadership tips, and this is for those that are looking to get into leadership positions, uh, those that are, you know, new into leadership positions and those that are in leadership positions, but are finding it, a, but are finding it a challenge. Okay. Um, the first tip I'll give you is understand the power of treating people the way you want to be treated. Mm. You know, you get into this role where you have this responsibility Ask yourself before you say something to somebody is how would I like that that if I was in that person's position, how would I like for some my my leader to approach me? Yeah. And approach that person in that main, in that mindset or in that frame. Number two, and I, I use this this term as there's no hocus pocus. It's all about your focus. <laughs> So it's not a magic thing that things get done or things happen a certain way or excellence becomes a reality. It's about what you focus on. Mm. So understand what needs to be done and focus on the good things. One of the things I tell leaders all the time, focus on the leave behinds, not the takeaways. Mm. Focus on the leave behinds not the takeaways. How are you leaving the people that you just encountered when you go away? Don't worry about what you're taking away from them. Worry about what you're leaving them. Yeah, yeah. And last, hmm, 
Never substitute profits for values. Yes, sir. So, yes, you've got a bottom line to make. But never substitute your values to make a profit. Because at the end of the day, it will come back to bite you. Mm. Yes, sir. So understanding, uh, you know, the, the, the power of treating people how you want to be treated. Um, and then it's all about your focus and never substitute your profits for values. Excellent. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Excellent leadership tips. Excellent leadership tips. So as it relates to your book and your program, your training, uh, leadershipology and being a, uh, you know, leadership dynamics coach, how, how can, you know, how can people get a copy of your book, um, contact you for services? And do you have any closing comments? Absolutely. My book is available on Amazon. It's available in paperback and Kindle. The title of the book is Leadership Dynamics, The Principles of Leadership. You can also go to my website, which is leadershipdynamicsinternational.com and go to my um, shopping cart and request the book there. If you request the book there, I will actually sign it for you and send it to you personally. If you want to get involved with what we do, you can go to my Facebook group, which is called Leadership, the Leadership Dynamics Academy and join the Facebook group there. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can go to info at veltonshowell.com. That's info at V-E-L-T-O-N-S-H-O-W-E-L-L.com. Send me an email. I'd be more than happy to hear from you and I will get back to you in a very short period of time. We are evolving because the academy is developed from the concepts of the book that I just wrote and the four things that leaders must have. So as I said earlier, many leaders are, are promoted based on their fiduciary understanding. We have a component that helps you with your fiduciary growth. There's strategic planning and strategic thinking. We have a concept called strategic planning, planning to win. We have a technological side where we are helping people understand the new normal and how to survive and thrive in the new normal. And most importantly, the principles of leadership, those major concepts and nuggets that we have identified that will help you go from average to outstanding as a leader in a competitive world and in a competitive environment. If you want to go from good to great, if you want to go from where you are to where you dreamed of being, these principles are imperative and important for you to understand and grasp as you travel the road through any organization, whether it's nonprofit, whether it's corporate, whether it is a volunteer organization, you must understand the dynamics of people and how to get them to replace me with we. Very good. Thank you. Velton Shaw. 
the study of leadership and leadershipology with uh, the leadership dynamics coach, Velton Shaw. Thank you so much, sir. It's definitely been an honor. And of course, you know, to let you know that the door is always open for you uh, to be a guest on this podcast uh, at any point. Thank you so much, Jason. I appreciate it. Continue to change lives and uh, kudos on the work that you're doing. Thank you, sir. Are you promoting the right people into leadership positions? How do you know? How do you measure the outcome you're looking for? Listen, let us help you. Please visit www.jmleadershipdevelopment.com and request a half hour conversation so we can help you with all of your leadership development needs. Oh, always remember, leadership is influence and service. Greetings, leaders, and thank you for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast with our special guest, Mr. Velton Shaul, the leadershipologist. He gave us three excellent leadership tips. Number one, understanding the power of treating people how you want to be treated. Now, that's of course, has been forever and forever the golden rule. However, listen to how or look at how differently it can apply um, as you are one who is in the leadership position. It can mean so, so much more as a leader. Number two, uh, the second leadership tip he gave us was it's about your focus what you focus and there's an old saying right that uh, what you focus on or what you give energy to grows what you give energy to grows and so it's really about focusing on what you want and not what you don't want right and if you focus on all the negativity well then of course that negativity is going to grow but if you focus on as a leader your kpis core values or mission then you know allow that to grow And his third leadership tip he gave us was never substitute profit for values. Never substitute profit for values. And for those of you and those of us who've heard this growing up, you know, from uh, the the book that's called the Bible, right? It says, what is it gain? What is it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? In other words, you know, you as a leader with your values that you have, the standards that you have, right? Never substitute, never, you know, uh, sacrifice those values for profit. So excellent leadership tips. Thank you very much, Mr. Shaw. Here at JM Leadership Development, our primary goal is to assist your company with identifying and developing your leadership bench. If you would like to have a conversation about us doing a presentation or keynote at your next event or about your leadership bench, including helping you develop one, please do not hesitate to reach out to us via email info at jmleadershipdevelopment.com or give us a call 828-333-7234 and we will respond promptly. In the meantime, please subscribe and give us a good review for this podcast on many podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and more under the name Jason A. Muhammad slash leadership is. You may also follow us on social media. Twitter is at leadershipjm. Facebook and Instagram is JM Leadership Development. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.